It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And today, I have a super high energy show for you. My new friend and guest, Cameron Hughes is here. Hey, Cameron. Turn it up a notch, Kathleen. Excited to be here. Yes. So he is a super fan and we're going to talk all about what that means, how we got into this, what, what that looks like. So Cameron, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I think uh, we all need to be each other's biggest super fans these days, don't you think? <laughs> oh my gosh, hallelujah. So Cameron and I, sh- we share this kind of love of, of lighting people up and, and getting them excited. So can you share a little bit about your path and how you do that? Yeah, I mean, it started off at a hockey game. I was trying to figure out what to do with my life 25 plus years ago. And my buddy of mine said, hey, do you want to go to a hockey game? I'm from Ottawa, Canada and went to the hockey game and Nobody was cheering. There was no excitement. It was it was minus 100, so it was pretty cold. But um, And then by the third period, there was just literally, we're down a goal. And you could tell, like, you know when you go to an event and it just needs something and you're waiting for that right song or that fun person to get up or that something, right? And I was like, well, maybe I need to be that something tonight moment. And my buddy looks at me next to me and he's like, please don't. Whatever you're thinking, don't do it, right? So with eight minutes to go in the game, the song We Are Family comes on. And that moment right there changed my life because I decided to just get up on my seat and start to dance. And the crowd looked at me. And I'm not a very good dancer. I I don't want to pretend I am. But the crowd looked at me in shock, Kathleen. Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, oh, my God. And then they quickly realized I was just trying to have fun and get the crowd into the game. So I kept dancing and I kept dancing. And the rest of the stadium's watching going, wait a minute, what's happening? And they loved it because I was just like going for it. And they applauded my fearlessness, sat back down, and there was a buzz in the arena. The next whistle, I, you know, I tell people I've had this career because I got up the second time. It's not, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's not what you can go on YouTube and Google thousands of people who have done funny things at games. I just decided to keep going for it. And that's what led to this crazy accidental career. <laughs> you say that accidental career and so you travel around the world lighting people up yeah i mean i'm i'm in a hotel right now i'm in in canada on a little canadian tour i've i think i've performed in 10 countries 41 states nine provinces but 25 30 million people live and you know and all the other things that happen as a result so it's uh you know for me you know when you say lighting people up you know as you know in in this world it's like being that extra spark you know people are like why would the NBA finals have you? I'm like, well, because every event, every moment still needs an extra spark. It's the way I look at it. Yeah. And, and so talk about like, one of the coolest things you were posted the other day about the tennis association and how you got connected there. And I was really drawn to that. Will you share that with the audience? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been performing for a long time and I wanted to push myself and try new things and try new places. And one of them was the U.S. Open tennis. I'd been there as a fan the year earlier, and I was like, wait a minute, I, sh- I could do this. Like, I just, you know, you have that gut. You're like, I, I, this will work, and you just know, but you don't know how to get in the door. <laughs> so a friend of mine called the USTA. Uh, their answer was a hard no. <laughs> no way. I sent my demo tape. Like, it wasn't literally a tape, but maybe it was back then. 
no. And they were like, no way, this isn't for us or what, you know, just didn't fit the mold. And I went back to them. I said, look, just give me one shot, like turn on the music, give me a 90 second timeout and let's just see what happens. And I'm like, I'll be in New York. I'll make it happen. And they're like, okay. And they, and they gave me a shot and I, I did it. I got up. It was the perfect timing. The crowd needed something. They come in, the McEnroe brothers come in from the ESPN live commercial break. And they're like, look at these tennis fans in New York. They're amazing. This guy's got this place fired up. And I ended up doing it for eight years, eight years as a result of that one moment where it wasn't just me getting in the door. Someone from the USTA had to say, you know what, let's just try it. Right. And I find, and I don't know if you find like so often we're like so easy to, no, that's not going to work as opposed to, well, wait, maybe if we do it this way. And, and just, just to end that story is like that moment, that thing happened and it led to, me performing live on center court at the U S open with Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer's agent called me and said, you're the only one who's ever made him laugh on a changeover. Why don't you come and perform at his charity event? So for a couple of years, I surprised Roger Federer at his charity event all because of that one shot that someone gave me. That's well. And I hear that one shot, but I also hear you saying, because I got up and I said, I want to do it, even though everybody else said that's crazy or it's not going to happen. You still went for it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, <laughs> that's been my message my whole life, you know, and, and it's super challenging at times when you, you know, you hear about all the yeses and then there's all the no's, but you celebrate the no's because it leads to the yes. And, you know, I'm forever grateful that someone gave me that shot. And some of the greatest moments of my career where they were like looking for something different, you know, and I've been saying this through, you know, the last year of the pandemic of like, rip up your script. If you're in the event world, if you're in this, like, Stop doing the same thing and your fans, your customers, like I've already been to some live events and I'm just like, why are you doing the same thing? Like, like give them something different. And, and whether it's me or, or the juggling act or the, the balancing act, whatever it is, you know, in any of these events. Karen, I was just, I was just thinking about this. Uh, my, my dad was in the hospital this past week and on, he usually passes out candy at our house and so I went on Saturday, we do trick-or-treating a little differently here in Iowa. And I went to the hospital dressed as Almond Joy. Like I have this almond, by the way, if you like those candies, it's not my favorite candy, but I loved it. It was so cool. I had this Almond Joy outfit and we trick-or-treated down the halls of the hospital. And I can't tell you how many people stopped, nurses, people in the hallways and said, oh, thanks for bringing a smile to my face. Who cares what it looks like? You get to say yeah, that. I mean, I think it. You know, we all have these different moments that probably shape that sort of attitude, I think. Right. Um, some, some of us are born with it. Some of us, uh, you know, grow into that sense of like, I don't I'm not I don't care what you think, you know. And I I think for me, that moment and what I've learned is like when I got up that first time, I stopped looking to the left, to the right for permission. And it came from here, my heart, you know, and and, and I think that. Like you said, like there's so many people, Kathleen, that probably wanted to dress up and go to their hospital, go to their church, go to their whatever it was on Halloween. They're like, oh, I don't want to look silly. Well, do you think anyone woke up today going, oh, can you believe what Kathleen did? No. They'll say, can you believe how much joy Kathleen brought to the hospital? Right. Mm -hmm. But we're all stuck in this thing of like, oh, we're going to look silly. We're going to look goofy. And my whole thing at these events, whether it's a corporate event, speaking school, stadium, is to find that person 
empower them to be the star and make them shine. And then they're like, oh, wow. You know, it's, and it's such a beautiful thing to say. So let's go, let's go deeper there because for you, it's like peeling back an onion of, okay, I'm not going to look left and I'm not going to look right. What's the story that brought you in there? Why you stopped caring about what other people thought? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I was in high school and trying out for my basketball team. I thought it was the biggest thing in the world and came home one day. My mom told us that she needed to talk to my sister and I, that my parents were divorced and she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, she was my, I'm a mama's boy, like, like big time. And, um, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, all this other stuff isn't as important. And she, you know, she fought as hard as she could. And I tried to make the team that one last year. And she said to me when I didn't make the team, the turning point was maybe there's other ways you can contribute to the team. You know, and I'm 16 years old. I didn't understand what she meant. And other ways you can contribute to the team stuck with me, right? Mm -hmm. And then she passed away, unfortunately, um, you know, not long after. And when the worst thing in the world happens to you, you're like, holy, wait a minute, right? Like, so what if I look like a bit of a fool? My intentions are right. So I went to the away games of my high school basketball team that I didn't make. And I started to cheer them on. And my friends were like, you're going to get killed here. This, you know, the rival high school is going to kill you. And then Kathleen, I became Mr. Spirit and student president. And then it carried on. So when I got up that night, it wasn't that shocking if people knew me. You know what I mean? There's so, yeah, that, that, that mess. Sorry, her heart, that message of like just going for it has been in me. That's there, there's something that we share. And I see this in your know, mutual friend, Jesse Cole, and, and a lot of people that really just put it out there. And we all have at least the three of us. And I know that there's more people that share this same. It doesn't really matter what other people think. We all have this story. My dad had cancer when I was 10. It's why he was in the hospital this past week. It's the ramifications from that. And I know for me, I learned very early, like you're saying that that's life's we're all going to die at some point and we get to live every day fully. And it seems like this past year, everyone got that glimpse of we're all going to die at some point. And it seems like that we're craving this, as you said earlier, this moment to shine, this just being free and authentic. Do you see that? Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it's connection, right? We, 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 we want this sense of connection. So whether you're working from home or not, I get it. It might be easier but we're all still missing true, true, true connection. Right. And I think that people like I push the envelope when I perform at events and try to get people to do things in a, in a fun way. I'm not, I'm not, you know, harming obviously, but even just the last few live events I did, people were like, let's go. Like, you know, and you grab the, the, the volunteer out of the crowd and a talk normally that you'd like that arm would be heavy. And this time it was pretty light. They're like, okay, I'll go do it. Right. Yeah. And people are like a little looser and, and, and I hope it carries on because um, that's just the way we should be. Like try, try things, be more curious and, 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 and innately like don't hide behind that, that desk or that quote unquote, that mask anymore. You know, just, you know, be, be yourself. Don't be shy. Fun. I mean, yeah. that's, really, that's the biggest piece is just having fun, letting it all hang out and just not caring what other people think. I mean, how many times, have you gotten comments, feedback that that hurt? Have I? Yeah. I mean, have you gotten it? That the same, like, not pop. I know I've gotten it. Oh. 
I don't, I don't talk about those, but I mean, no, they fuel me. I mean, of course I have. I mean, I've, you know, ESPN's like taking a picture and been like, oh, this guy's this. And fans would be like, oh, he does this for other teams. He's fake. He's this, he's that. And, you know, I mean, I, that's why they don't promote me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've had death threats, like, don't come to our team. You're not welcome here. You're not one of us. And I, you know, at the time it, it hurts, but it also fuels you because at the end of the day, like, those fans in that section that might know that I'm not from that city that night, I'm like, you know what? I just made that eight-year-old kid's night. And maybe I changed that eight-year-old kid's night, you know? Um, there's a young boy. I'll just get into it because it's just a good segue. But four years ago, I was performing at an event with 30,000 people. It was like a costume party rugby festival. And I was really tired. It was the end of the day. I got up and started to perform. And all these kids were behind me. And I could feel their energy, Kathleen. There was just something behind me. And I turn around and they, there's four boys and then three, and then only one. This one boy just kept dancing and I got out of the way and he just, and he was a really good dancer. He's around 18 years old. Crowd was going wild. That little boy, Malcolm, 18 year old kid had Down syndrome, has Down syndrome, excuse me. And he lit up the crowd, 30,000 people going wild. And he, I'm giving him my shirts. He's twirling out the shirts. We're doing this clap. We're doing everything. And it's like, I was just a spark for that kid. You know what I mean? And you could have anyone tell you like what you're doing is annoying or you're this. And you have moments like that, that you're just like, that's what it's all about. It's never been about me. It's been about empowering others just to, to, to let loose, to, to open up a bit more. And Absolutely. Malcolm and I, and Malcolm and I are really good friends, by the way. Are <laughs> you? I, yeah. We, I, I met him for the first time. Uh, a month ago uh, at an event in Las Vegas, completely randomly. It was, well, he, I knew he knew I was there, but yeah. Uh, so do you, do people track you? What, when you're at an event, they say, Cameron's here, we're going to have a super fan. Do they know you that way? At some events they do. I mean, you know, I'm performing uh, at a big event, you know, this week with 17,000 people and they're not going to tell anyone that I'm coming. Not like the whole stadium would know anyhow, but it's just more fun. The surprise factor for what I do is, is a huge element. Uh, I did a corporate event last week where um, they said, any more questions that they, you know, before they started their program. And I said, yeah, why is this so boring? And everyone in the room's like, Oh my God. <laughs> and the host is like, uh, excuse me. And I'm like, well, it's our first live event together. We've all never met. Maybe we should have some more fun. And the room was like, who is this guy? And eventually they played music and I got up and I got, everyone in the room dancing, twirling t-shirts. We threw out all their company shirts. And then I did a half hour talk and walked out of the room and said, have a great conference. And it was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I love that. So I've got so many more questions for you, but we're going to go on a quick break. Remember when you were listening. Where are we to going? We're going, to, we're going to Mexico on the break? Well, we're going to go to the true North. I got my, okay. I'm going to come to Canada. <laughs> They're going to listen to some music. We are going to party. And then we're all going to come back together. It's going to Let's be amazing. Go. All right. So listen to this quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to the Kathleen Reese show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Here with my friend and guest, Cameron Hughes. So enjoy this quick break. Uh, see you in a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reese show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com.
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I am here with my new friend and guest, Cameron Hughes. Cameron is the crowd igniter. We've been talking for the last 15 minutes about how he does what he does and some of the process. Question for you, Cameron. How do you get excited, like lit up? What do you do pre-show or anything to, to raise your energy level? Or do you just run around high energy all the time? No, I mean, yeah, it's, I get asked that a fair bit. Like, are you always like this? I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> um, before a big event at any level, I, you know, I have a, I used to have, a, you know, hey, can we, can we come meet for a production meeting? I'm like, no, that's a, I have a meeting then. They're like, what do you mean a meeting? I'm like, I have a nap time. <laughs> um, you know, I treat a game day like uh, athletes do. I really do. Uh, I, I, I'll have a nap and then I'll go to the event and I'll, if it's a big sporting event, I'll have a locker room where, and I'll run around the arena. I'll stretch. I'll put music on. Um, I've something I've been doing for almost three years is I ask my stage manager to leave and I do five minute meditation now uh, before any big event and just to really bring it down. And it's really been helping me. Um, I didn't, I used to want to do it, but I never gave myself the time because I was too excited. And then I try to picture myself um, often. I'll go in the crowd before anyone gets there in a stadium or on a stage and I'll visualize it. And, and then go and then just get like before that moment hits. I mean, 20,000 people are looking at you. You know what I mean? You've got to be in the right state. So I, I do everything I can to get there. And then how do you wind down afterwards? Or is that easy? That's, uh, you know, I think that's the hardest thing for any speaker, entertainer, performer. It's just like uh, depending on where you are, what your next day is like, like, it's it's really cha- I still find it challenging. I think most people I talk to, would you agree? Like, yeah, yeah, that's my hardest is shutting down, not getting getting up to that energy level. It's shutting it down. Yeah, and you don't want to like you know if you if I'm like getting in a car and driving to the next city, you don't want to come down too much, you know, because it's like a natural emotional ride that you're on. Uh, so I, I try to connect with people. Actually, one thing I do is right after, like go for a, you know, dinner or drink or something, depending on where I am, because that at least gives me a bit more of a connection and then I'm okay to be on my own. You know, I've joked with a lot of performers and, you know, who travel to hotels. It's like, you go from the high 20,000 people to your room table for one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you think, oh my gosh, if that person's in town, Everybody would want to be around him, but it's like I, speaking and, and the entertainment industry can be one of the loneliest industries. Well, there's times, I mean, I think we, you know, if, if you've been on the stage before and if that's your personality, it's like, there's times when you still want it, right? You still want that thing. And there's other times you completely are okay being alone 
it's the in-between where you're not sure, right? I mean, I'm, I'm giving some self-awareness is coming up as I, as I share this with you. There's times, because sometimes I'm like, why am I feeling this way? This just had an amazing night. I'm alone in the hotel. Do I, well, then go, go down to the lobby. Go meet the people, right? Yeah. It's a, and that's what I, that's sort of my point of saying is you, you don't know because you don't know where you're, where you're at sometimes. And one of the things that, that you, you've talked about a few times during the show, and I saw it in your book too, King of Cheer for anybody that wants to <laughs> King of Cheer, Cameron Hughes, you can get, I got it on Amazon, but you, you talk about a lot of like managing your mind and that those are my words for, but really what you're just saying, really understanding what you require and giving yourself that and being okay with it. So what are some of the ways that you do that? Managing my mind in the sense of um, like mindset, so you don't get down or you don't. Yeah, you could easily self talk could could take you out. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I I go from like zero to a hundred pretty fast on, on any given day. But I think for me, it's about um, managing your expectations every day about what where you where you need to go and what what you want to accomplish. Um, and if it's like a day for me where I have a performance, it's a totally different day than a day like today where you're doing different things. And I think it's flow, you know, it's trying to find that everyone's trying to find the flow. I know it's a big buzzword right now, but it's the flow of your energy where it's not too high. It's not too low. I think that's what, when I think about flow is like when you're in it and it's like, okay, cool. Like, um, I feel this, I'm connected to this moment and I'm present and that's where I'm you know, I try to go, I've been trying to, you know, turning off screens. I did a three day digital detox recently. Everyone's like, wow, three days. And other people are like, that's it three days. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know what I mean? It's like being, being that sense of present presence. I do when I'm at an event, I'm like, so dialed in my brain, which is all over the place. I'm so present. And when I'm not in a game, I guess my answer is I want to be that present for those moments as well. When I'm not, when I'm not with people, whatever, I give myself permission. I think that's the key permission to feel everything. I'm an emotional guy. Feel everything. If you're coming down, kind of feel it, but don't go too low. If you're up, try to feel it, but don't stay there too long. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that's beautiful advice. And so tell me about, you talk about routines when you're performing. So is this, is it like, like a, like the cheerleaders, for example, they practice their routines and they're doing the same routine over and over again. How does that look for you? Do you have multiple routines? Well, yeah, I meet with the game day entertainment directors before a big sporting event and we, we kind of create this spontaneous moment, um, you know, in the crowd and what the timeouts and what that looks like. And it's like a reveal where I in the crowd and then I jump up and, and then, you know, depending on NBA or the, whatever game it is, like, where do I fit into their script? Where can I elevate the experience? Uh, and the same thing with like a corporate event. It's like, I get a lot of weird interest, but they don't know where to fit me. Like, where does your energy come? Where do we, we come the beginning of the conference, the end of the conference. Uh, so, you know, I've hosted, you know, comedy festivals where I, I'm in the crowd before a show and I come out and I host it and I get everyone fired up. And then, you know, Howie Mandel walks out and the crowd's here. Right. So it's a bit of everything for me. You know, and I think that that's what's kept me excited after 26 years of trying to figure this out. <laughs> so do you have an agent or are you representing yourself when you do these? I have an agent for, diff you know, some things, but not for the, for the sports bookings. I, I used to have an agent 
who represented some really wacky characters back in the day from uh, Morgana the Kissing Bandit to Crazy George to Little Elvis to people that, you know, juggle chainsaws. <laughs> oh I didn't know there was an industry, you know, in, in sports entertainment, but there is, you know, minor league sports, NBA, all this sort of stuff. So they found me, I found them, and he helped me kick off my career, which was, like I said, kind of accidental. Like, you can make a living doing this. You can make a living doing something you love. You're making people smile. Yeah, I mean, even I'm thinking about the stuff that I talk about. And now I'm committed to if I'm going to speak, like, most of the time it's going to be in a costume. And even saying that, like, why is it most of the time? Why isn't it all the time? Why not? So just things like that. We're really pushing the if you're playing in a whatever zone you're playing in, why wouldn't that be your all your all the time space? Why do we well, why I do mean, we conditional about that? Well, I hear that. And I think, well, that if that's your brand, that's, that's, that's your brand. Like, look what you said about Jesse Cole. Like <clears throat> when I did the podcast with him, he's still wearing the yellow tux. I was like, dude, take a day off. And it's like, that's his brand, you know, which I, I respect, you know, like that commitment to it is like, <clears throat> it's like, for me, it's like my brand is bringing energy and, and that energy creates smiles and more energy and more fun. So it's if like I'm not bringing energy, to that, it'd be like Cameron Hughes's silent retreat inviting people to that would be really funny i should do a moment where i'm like okay everyone just <laughs> i did a game once where i lost my voice and the crowd i couldn't talk like not even close to talking and i was like do i call and cancel i'm like no i'm gonna try this Eighteen thousand people and they actually liked me more <laughs> <laughs> okay so favorite moment of all time in your career Oh, I mean, dancing on center court at live in the U.S. Open tennis. I jumped over the barrier and Novak Djokovic and I twirling a T-shirt live, live on ESPN. Gosh. Security guards like chasing me. Novak Djokovic like, no, he's with me. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you talked about that in your book, too. How many times have you been actually escorted off by security or attempted to be escorted off by security? Well, there's a few times it hasn't gone as planned. <laughs> You know, it was funny because I was talking with this company recently and we we're talking about align, being aligned, right? And one of the things I, I turned around was like, I used to go to events and I would tell them, play music, I'll get up, it'll be fine. And that was partly at the time, not knowing better. And then it became a bit of my ego going, I'll figure it out. I, I got this. And then it didn't go as well. It just wasn't clicking. Like, because the camera wouldn't come on me, the music wouldn't time out. So now I like try to align the director, the producer, the camera person, the DJ, all these different things to align, to make that, that one moment that you have to make that first hit come alive. Like, why would you leave it to chance? Like, right. So now it's like, and then some of these crazy spontaneous moments of security fall, you know, all those things that happen at live events become part of the story. Right. Have you ever read, there's a book called Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. I know it. I have never read it. I know That's it. actually, I met uh, Darren Ross, who runs the Magic Castle Hotel. Do you know who he is? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I met, he was on the show probably a year ago. And then that's how I ran into Jesse and then Jesse to you. And the, that, that book, The Power of Moments, talks exactly about what you're saying, where it's really about creating that experience and how it's not happenstance. A lot of we can plan that, and the, the more that we focus on creating that experience versus just it's like the Kodak moment, not 
Kodak is in Kodak company that failed, meaning when somebody's willing to get their phone out and take a picture, then you know you've created something special. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, even it comes back to that moment with the young boy with Down syndrome. Like, if you watch the video, there's a lot of people you could say, like, that was planned. Because the way it looked, it, it eh, and I'm like, no, I'm, A, I'm not that smart. The, the ESPN moment with Novak Djokovic, it looked a bit planned. Like, some of this stuff of, like, from from crazy moments with crazy famous athletes, we're like, wait a minute, did that really happen to fan moments? And you're like, no, like it just was, it all clicks. And that's when you own it, right? I mean, I've had some moments where in the moment you're freaking out, right? You know, you're presenting, you're doing whatever, and then something happens and you turn it, turn it around into something magical. Oh, that's right there. That's beautiful. And actually that, uh, one of the, the the topics that I speak on is joy is a strategic advantage. And in the description, it says, whenever you stayed up all night, you plan, and then something doesn't go according to your plan. Like, that's exactly what I hear you talking about. We are kindred spirits, Cameron. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's funny because you're right. Even in my book, which it talks about moments that just were like, oh my God, like so embarrassing. And then they, you flip them around and you're like, wasn't that bad, right? <laughs> Yeah, but in the moment, it seems like, oh, how am I going to get past this? And yet, and it goes back to what you said earlier. No one's sitting at home the next day saying, I can't believe Cameron did that. It's like, did you see what he did? I got one of his shirts. And I definitely want to talk about the shirts, but we, we get to go on a quick break here. <laughs> so we got so much more. I know another one of those breaks, I'm going back to Canada. For those of you that are listening and not watching, I am my Canada Cup, and Cameron is from Canada. So I'm wearing a. a, a exactly a. All right, enjoy this quick break. Cameron and I will be back here in just a second. You're listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. All right, talk to you in a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Recent for your next event at kathleenreason.com. That's KathleenReason.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. My friend and guest, Cameron Hughes, is here with me, and we've been talking all about lighting up crowds, being the spark, inspiring. Cameron is a super fan. So, Cameron, what do you want to talk about? Kathleen, no, I, I, can I, I want to follow up on something if I could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, we were talking about moments that go wrong and, and, and you know, you're on stage of any kind, any kind, right? The, the, whatever it is, music, cues, your, your, your presentation. 
Do you think that's a big reason why people don't want to present and they're afraid of public speaking? Or do you think it's like, yeah? Yeah, because I think inherently what I know about people and, and the speakers is that we have to be a little bit on that promoter side. And then we tend to have that controlling, wanting something to go a certain way. And that's scary if it doesn't go exactly as you planned. The art of surrender, I, I believe that as a speaker, you've got to really own surrender. And most people in society, we don't. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because I mean, it changes the whole, you know, we've all had, you know, what, whatever it is, the slide or the video that doesn't play or the music at the right time, whatever those things are. And and then I, th I think that if that happens to people who are already shy and afraid of getting on stage, it probably just shakes them up even more. Going, I don't want that to ever happen to me again. Whereas if, you know, if I live like that at the sporting event, you're like, how hard was it to find me on camera? You knew what seat I was in. I, you made me look crazy. But then you realize the crowd didn't even know in the first place what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. That's so I'm uh, in my volunteer world. I am the speaker coach for my son's mock trial team. And one of the things that I was telling them last night, they go to their mock trial on Friday. And I said, nobody knows what you're supposed to say when you get up there. They don't have your script. They don't know it. So you just got to get up there and own it. And if you're going to, if you're going to screw up, screw up royally, like have fun with it. You'll get points yeah. for being confident. You, you probably lose some points for not landing your message, but you and I, we know our message. So it doesn't really matter. Like, People don't really remember all the words we said, but they remember how we made them feel. Totally. And then that's the piece we got to land. So if I screw up or like you happen to fall downstairs, but don't get hurt because then that would suck. But like, it could be part of the routine. Nobody knows what you're supposed to be doing. Nobody knows. And, and that's, that's really the key when you realize that is, you know, if anyone who's listening and watching who's, who's that stage, you know, I mean, I, I think that that's the key is to celebrate it, right? Celebrate the unknown that they don't know and you don't know what's going to happen. The both, the balance, right? On any given night. So, but just on that note, on any given night. So a, a team brings me in, right? I have three things I want to accomplish, right? Number one is electrify the fans and show them something and give them something they've never felt, like make them feel something. Number two is make everyone who brought me in look like a rock star, like, because they've given me a shot and, 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 you know, and that at the end, when they give you the check or the value, you've, you've provided the value, right? So you've accomplished that. And number three is the magic, the unknown, right? And, and it's, and it goes from everything to the big moment on the jumbotron to, to getting the shy person on stage at a corporate event who's never been up on stage to the kid in the parking lot as you walk out who asks you for that last sweaty t-shirt, whatever that magic might, or, or the email you get a week later, Hey, you did this, you know, that's, I'll tell you what, every time I've gone on stage in any kind of stage and we're defining stages, it could be an arena. It could be a, a corporate stage. Anytime yeah. I've gone on a stage, the only time when I'm disappointed, when I walk off is when I feel like I've sold myself out and I haven't gone all in. If I've shown up in a way that, that somebody thought I was supposed to show up instead of what was authentic to me, that's the only time I'm disappointed. If I go all out, it doesn't matter what happens. It's, it's going to land exactly what you said, those three points. It's going to land that. It's going to land that. Yeah. Not, not holding back. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I've been the person, I don't know about you, Cameron, but I've been the person that's held out 
And that just feels icky. I don't want to be that person. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did a, I did an event the other night, a pre-event for an event. And, you know, it was a, a dinner before a, an event, a hockey game with 60 people. And they were the sponsor of the event. And I walked in the room going, they don't know me. But they, they brought me in here because I'm not, not to hold back. So yeah. I had like the owner's kids on the chair, twirling t-shirts. A guy came in late. I said, where's your late slip? You're going to have to do a dance for us. And everyone's like, what? And they did it. It worked. <laughs> there's, this is totally not a, you know, there's no compensation other than just goodwill. But I was at my uh, nephew's birthday party the other day. We're walking into this, you know, jumping place. He's, he's seven. We're walking in there and I turned around and he's behind me. And so I decided to be the cheer squad when they walked in. I'm like, hey, welcome to the party. I'm so excited that you're here. It's your birthday. And all his friends were walking in. I was giving them high fives. And my sister's over there like, she's just some random person. We, I don't yeah. know who she's doing. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Those kids were lit up and excited. I don't really care if I look like a fool. They don't think I look like a fool. The only person that's embarrassed is my sister. And I, yeah. you know, I got over that a long time ago. She's always going to be your sister. So you're good. Yeah. yeah but I think yeah. that's the, the piece of that. I think we're giving people permission when you, when you show up in a crowd, you give somebody else permission to be who they are. Yeah. That sense of permission to cheer has been uh, something that I've been in like said out loud and, and, and live with. Right. I mean, permission to cheer and go crazy. That's why I'm the, I'm the goofiest, craziest guy. And it's like, now you're like, okay, well, whatever you do, you're good, <laughs> you know, yeah. and whatever, whatever environment, whatever situation, just to be that spark for, for your seven-year-old to whatever, wherever it is, you know what I mean? And I, and, and I hope, right, I hope right now in our world and, you know, from, you know, whether it's a zoom meeting or corporate live events or just anything where we're connecting with people where we could just take a few extra seconds and truly feel it. You know what I mean? And, 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 and be present a little more in those moments because that's when you know, something that the glue happens or not. Right. But at least you were present and maybe something will come of it. Maybe not, but you gave it, like you said, you were in that moment. So let's talk about that for a second, the connection, because that is so important. And yet we've been in this world for the last year and a half where we can't see some of our facial expressions. How has that gone for you? (laughs) Uh, well, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was called the most unemployable person in North America by a local TV station when I <laughs> launched my book. And I was like, wow, thank you. Yeah, that'll help book sales. Um, you know, it was it's, for, for someone in the crowd business, it was, you know, obviously insanely challenging. Uh, like a lot of people that do events, you you know, you you go to online and you figure out a way. And I started crashing Zoom meetings like I did before, but just in, you know, online. Um, and then this last week, I, I had I performed in Canada, and the, the rules in Canada are, are quite strict right now still, where at live events, uh, big NHL arenas and other venues, you have to wear a mask still. And wearing a mask while performing is you're challenging. <laughs> uh, for, at, at a stadium, it was different than doing a speaking event, because the speaking event, you can't see anyone's face. And for anyone who's on here, who's a speaker, who's like uh, does any form of presentation, that's everything. It's getting that smile from the third row, Julie or Bob or whoever it is in the room. You get that feedback, right? So it was it was insanely challenging, but it's also challenging to have to, to be in the audience, which is what I needed to remind myself that they're not able to to to, to truly 
let me know how they feel. So it's finding that balance of, okay, understanding the audience, which we've always had to do as performers, being able to read them. And then just what, what's the other option is not to do the event. Right. <laughs> so. Which would be like holding back. I think that's some of the, one of the techniques that I've used and I'm interested to see if you've picked up on some of these is uh, they're, how they hold their arms. So that's a way, since I can't see smiles. Uh, and again, I'm in Iowa, very different rules than up in Canada. And so I've, I'll watch arms or I'll watch how they position themselves. What are some of those other ways that you've, you've learned to see and, and read people that don't have anything to do with facial expressions? Well, I mean, oftentimes, depending on, you know, they'll kind of slouch in their chair and, and, and you know what I mean? And they'll like when I'm doing asking for volunteers or if I'm walking around the room, they like lack of eye contact with people. Um, you know, and for me, I'm always like, well, those are the first people I go to. <laughs> exactly. I was at an event the other day. Well, this what I'm going to share with you happened, but I, this happens a lot. The event planners will say, now, my our people, they're a little quiet and reserved, so they might not be the ones that are raising their hands. Don't worry about that. Because that's not about the people. I, I believe that it's about how we interact. What do you think? I don't. Th- I don't think anyone should ever say that to you ever. But they do. I get that all the time. Do you get that? I get it a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty timid crowd. It's this, or I, I mean, I remember being hired to do a, an event and a big, huge, like stadium event, and they're like, "Oh yeah, our crowds are you know pretty apathetic and this and that." I'm like, "Wow, this is the best pep talk before game I've ever had," as opposed to saying, "Hey." You know, some of the fans in this section are really good. A little here, they're not as vocal, but I think you can win them over with what you do. Like, why not frame it that way? Hey, Kathleen, you know, some people, you know, I think once you start talking, they'll get into it and maybe they'll be, as opposed to, yeah, they're not going to do it. <laughs> it's right? Like, I hear challenge accepted, but like, that's totally not, right. it has nothing to do with them. It's just what they're asked to engage in. Well, it's like, it's, I mean, this is a huge thing that you and I talk about and live and maybe we don't say the words as much, but it's like, set me up for success, right? You're going to, you're going to bring me in to do a big event and I'm doing tomorrow, 17,000 or a speaking event, whatever the event is, set me up for success. And that comes also with the tone and attitude that you're bringing to the event, right? hundred percent. So if you're coming in hosting an event going, yeah, it's going to be a pretty apathetic crowd. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> play some music before they walk in, you know, ha- have someone show up in an elf costume. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know. I've never been to an event that is apathetic because if I'm there, that's, I stand for the opposite of that. So I've never actually experienced it. So when I hear that, I say, okay, like, great. Thank you for sharing it with me. And what would it be like if we had this be exciting, if it looked different? So it's really interesting to me when people bring those comments up and I think, Whoa, thank you. It, it's almost like that's the definition. We want to go after the event planners that think right now they have an apathetic crowd. I, that's where you well, hire yeah. us. And even for me, like I, I have to do this event tomorrow and I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to wear a mask with 17,000 people. And you know, I still want to do it, but it's just going to make me, I, I don't like the word, but I'll say it. it's like, it's just going to challenge me to work harder. And, and the fans will feel it because they're like, they're going to know I'm wearing a mask. They're going to see it. They're going to be wearing one unless they're eating. So what are you going to do? You're going to find your switch, that thing 
that's going to elevate you that's going to elevate them. And, and that ultimately, I think, is I think it's leadership. It's just to come out, you know, is is to sh- is to not hold back in the moments where, you know, you might be, you know, cha- you know, extremely challenged in any way. Yeah, I hear you. It, it is so beautiful to see this. It's like peeling back the layer. Of course, we're talking about masks here and peeling back the layer and saying we have these constraints and it's okay. We'll still figure it out. The show's still going to go on. We're still going to. You said earlier. I think the world is positioned in a way where they, they want, we want humor and fun more than any other time in, at least in my life that I've ever seen. Yeah. And I think that like, you look at some of the videos that are like have gone quote unquote viral in the last year and some of them are not funny, but they're funny because we're, we need funny (laughs) or they're not as, they're not what you would think. I'm not, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, oh, I need that right now. We need all this right now, you know? And that's why, I mean, even when you asked, like, what I did, I just kept putting videos out. And people would be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm having fun. Who cares? You know what I mean? I, I said yes to everything over the last year and a half. Like, up until a certain point a couple months ago, I was like, up until Labor Day weekend, I was just, like, on a yes train because it, it, it opened up so many cool opportunities that I didn't see coming. You know, you do this interview with this person and that led to this and led to that, but you didn't expect it. And I think that that's another form of leadership of being, of inspiring your team to be open-minded, right? Um, even in the event space, you know what I mean? Um, the rip up the script idea. And, and a lot of people probably are afraid to hire me or other other people like me and like, oh, it's too, too energy. I'm like, I'm not coming in. I'm not the Tasmanian devil. I'm just bringing a level of fun that every single person that's going to a conference says one thing, the biggest thing, it was boring. It was no energy. It was boring. That's probably the biggest takeaway. Is that fair to say? hundred percent. So answer me this. You've done a lot more of this type of stuff. Why do event organizers not reverse engineer that? Because they're so worried about maybe having fun, maybe giving the audience what they want. I think it's the opposite. They're so worried about them not having fun that they, it's the same thing as we accept a certain level of, I don't say mediocrity, that's such a, such a word. We're just going to use it right now. If it's here and people keep coming, what was that? Safe. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Safe. And so people will come back because it's safe. Then I would rather, this is what I believe, that I would rather have people come back to a safe than have 75% 75% absolutely love it and 25% hate it. So I'll play it safe because we don't want the, and that goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. Then we got haters. But do you think that the, you know, the, the, the CEOs, the VPs, the leaders of companies want safe in general? I, 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 I don't think they do, but the, the people that are running these events are afraid of losing their careers, their jobs. They are. I, and I hate to tell anyone who's listening. It's like, the only way to to keep your thing is to evolve, to be curious, to push it, you know, not to be safe. Uh, such Okay. The Dove, do you remember the Dove campaign, the advertising campaign a few years ago with the ladies and different body yeah. types? So I met the person that was in charge of that marketing campaign out wow. in Vegas last summer. I said, so how did that go down? I, I, I ran an advertising agency for 10 years and I totally get that world. And she said, we were all told if this doesn't fly, you're all fired. I mean, 
you believe it? Like that. Okay. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. The, this person who put this idea out there and ran with it knew that if it didn't fly, they were fired. And so really safe was nowhere in there. But I also know a lot of people that wouldn't be willing to take that risk. Why why do we create environments? I mean, as an executive, why would we create an environment where in order, when somebody's willing to step, stick their neck out there, we're saying, you're going to get fired if it doesn't work. That is not the environment we want in companies. Well, I mean, when I ran for student president in university, the guy running against me said, our school needs a leader, not a cheerleader. <laughs> and I think, the, I think the idea of being a cheerleader is, uh, you know, fundamentally, you're putting yourself out there. And I think that leaders should, uh, you know, acknowledge and reward and celebrate people who, who try, who, who take a little risk, who even who even come with new fresh ideas, right? More than ever. Look at the best things that have happened in creatively in this, you know, in our world. And we could, that's, I mean, they've written thousands of books about it, but because someone pushed it, someone celebrated it and someone allowed it to happen, they cheered that idea on. Right. And I think that's where you look at Jesse Cole with the Savannah bananas, you know, his story. And it's just one that jumps in my mind of like, we're going to call the team bananas and we're going to do this. And it's like, what? And then they do it. And it's like, wait a minute, our fans, wait a minute, people wanted this, you know? Why didn't, why didn't we ask them before? Why didn't we ask our customers what they wanted, right? That's when I was talking with Jesse, one of the things that he said was that we knew we were going up against traditionalists. And those, when we were saying earlier, 75% would love this, but 25% wouldn't. The traditionalists aren't going to like the change. I mean, that's any change. Any, any company that's pushing change has that. And so then it becomes, are you willing to go up against the traditionalists to create what you want? So are you willing to get rid of what you want for what you have, or for say this, are you willing to get rid of what you have for what you want? Mm. And that's risky. Well, it's risky. Yeah. And and it's like nobody these days, especially everyone's, you know, we've pretty sensitive culture uh, understatement, (laughs) but (laughs) it's, it's also like the only way you can evolve as a brand and not every brand, but is like sports, in my opinion, the only way you can evolve is you keep trying new things, you know, and I'm not saying push people to offend them. I'm saying in general, like whatever that might look like for you. And then you see them, someone do it. Here's what kills me is you see someone do it. I'll try to think of an example of what what they did. And you're like, oh, that's so good. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, that, what, what, when my stomach turns is when I have an idea, I don't follow up on it. And then somebody else rocks out that idea. I'm so excited for them. And it's that moment of saying, why didn't I go all the way? Yeah. But why didn't you that- get up at the hockey game and dance and twirl t-shirts? Like, why, yeah. why weren't you? <laughs> why, am, why did I not? Exactly. How many people thought, oh, I want to be the one that gets up. That looks fun. And then here's <laughs> this guy that they have no idea who it is that gets up and starts twirling t-shirts. And then they figure out he's a part of it. Wow. What a ripoff. Okay, so we have just a couple minutes left. What is your what, what one thing that somebody's listening that you want them to take away? What is it? It starts here. It's and I'm, I'm touching my my chest. I mean, it starts with you. you we we we're always looking for uh, the Instagram post that's going to inspire us, the tweet, the video, all that stuff. We all have it in us. We all have it in us to get up and dance and cheer and twirl t-shirts in in life. And it starts here. So stop looking for permission from everyone else and, and trust this. 
trust the heart, trust your gut, trust, trust yourself. I think that's that belief muscle that you have. Keep turning it up. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, so somebody here saying, how do I get more Cameron? I want to have Cameron speak. I want him to come to my, my arena, whatever that looks like. How do they get a hold of you? I'm not doing kids' birthday parties anymore, but um, I did do a, speaking of yes, I did a, I crashed a a girl's bat mitzvah during the pandemic because I was like, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. It felt like the right thing to do. Uh, I am available at Cameron Cheers on all the platforms and CameronHughes.tv if you want more information about anything. Twitter, you're all over. And and I mean, you might just pop up. It's all over. I'm all over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over for me. Hey, not <laughs> anymore. It was. I love it how was. you heard that. I meant like you're everywhere, but I well, hear <laughs> you're all well, over. Well, can I I'm gonna say one thing? The first game I did, then I came back. It was in Vegas, and I had a hazmat suit on and a gas mask, and I ripped it off. And it was a moment that if I'm ever coming down, I'll think about because the joy. That, that moment last June, the first live event for 18,000 people, and the people's comments were exactly what we just spoke about, of connecting, of being real, of, of lo- being able to just celebrate life. And, and that's something that, you know, my mother instilled in me at a young age, and it's I'm just going to keep going. So. so I'm thinking it's Cameron Hughes just beginning. Yeah. Cameron Hughes, Cameron Hughes 3.0. <laughs> you know what? I got this comment the other day when I was speaking with some high school students and they said, even the slackers were energized. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that's the best comment ever. That's good. I like that. That should be on your website. Even the slackers were energized. Exactly. That's going to be the new theme. I'm so excited that you came on here. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, Cameron. Thank you. I can't wait to share a stage with you. I think that'll happen one day. Yeah. Oh my God. and how. Yeah, well, I'll wear whatever costume, I and mean, we just got to figure that out. Yeah, we, we choose for each other. I'll choose, you know? Oh, my gosh. That would be so cool. Okay. You just name the place. I'll be there. All right. Savannah Bananas game. <laughs> yes! We totally are going to do that. And we can't, were we going to tell Jesse ahead of time? No. No, we're just going to show up. Okay, we'll pick a date. Awesome. This is so fun. And I think for everybody listening, this is spontaneous. It's not, Cameron, we haven't known each other for years, but we met each other and we connected. And so this is so cool. And I think that's a really big lesson as well. So everybody, our time is up. And I'm so thankful that you chose to spend today with us. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.